Have you ever wondered why some people just take off and they succeed in the short run only to hit the ceiling and stagnate in the long run? Maybe you have that same question about your own life. I think I have an answer for that. There's this one principle that I see as a pattern. If you reverse that principle, you can break through that ceiling. And you will break through that ceiling with particular exponential force if you apply this principle across seven different dimensions of life. I will unpack all of this for you in just a minute. And at the end of this episode, I want to share with you some stories that are somewhat embarrassing for me because if I had known this stuff then, I would have had a very different set of circumstances. And I think about those moments every once in a while and go, man, I wish I knew this stuff. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's get right to it, and the irony of this is incredible. The very thing that drives your success in the short run will actually limit your success in the long run. How does it work? Well, you embark on a venture, you're driven, and what you're looking for is achievement. And achievement has these qualities. It needs to be measurable, measurable outcomes. It needs to be to have some speed, so within a certain time frame. It's not open-ended, right? It needs to be visible so other people can recognize you. And only if those things come together do you get recognition and respect and advancements and more money and you make a career. So you pursue those things. And honestly, with enough work ethic and talent, you can get there. And most people that have those things, they, they get there. What happens in the long run is different. And this is the problem. is that you're over-investing in your outer game and you're under-investing in your inner game. And the nature of things is that your inner game actually drives your outer game. Where your inner game goes, your outer game follows. So if you overinvest in your outer game and you don't develop your inner game, it catches up with you eventually. So I'll illustrate with an example. I have a gentleman who I was talking to who wanted to be part of my coaching program. And he's very successful. He is senior executive responsible for tens of millions of dollars um, of revenue. And he's basically saying, look, I need some coaching because I have this boss and I'm driving all this revenue and all this growth and the boss doesn't respect me and I don't know what to do about this and I need some help with the boss specifically. Of course, I, knowing this and having coached many people before, start thinking about, okay, so the outer game clearly is okay. What about the inner game? So I ask him some questions. It turns out this gentleman drinks a little bit too much, just a little bit too much. And I think he's just self-medicating because of stress. He doesn't have any friends. He's lived in the same city for a long time, doesn't have any friends. He has work friends, sort of acquaintances, right? But not close, intimate relationships. Uh, he has a family that he cherishes and loves, but he sees them on the weekends, right? And there's a few other things that pointed to this inner game, outer game separation. So I explained that to him. Your outer game is amazing. Your inner game is lacking. And you don't need coaching with the boss. What you need coaching with is your inner game because then your outer game will follow. So the problem this gentleman had was not the boss. It was that his outer game, which was remarkable, had outrun his inner game. And a boss of a large organization looks beyond just immediate results in the short run. What he's looking for is someone he can build on, somebody who has inner game, who commands respect, loyalty, somebody who exudes joy, wisdom, who can actually recruit and nurture other people and build something for the long run. And this is all inner game stuff. 
So I told him, I said, you know, I think I can help you with something that will solve this problem, but it would be an inner game transformation that would lead for you to be valued, treasured, actually kept around for much longer and built on by a wise boss. And the gentleman, unfortunately, didn't see the problem inside of himself. He saw the problem outside of himself. And, uh, you know, we parted ways as friends. You may be experiencing something very similar because you have this achievement. Your outer game is amazing, remarkable. You've done so much with your life and you feel like you're, you know, at the ceiling that you can't break through. And the answer is you have to focus on your inner game because it eventually drives your outer game as well. These are the seven dimensions that I focus on with my coaching clients, and we do deep dives and practices to change those things. So I'm going to unpack these things for you, and if you focus on those things, I promise you, you'll feel transformational change. Seven dimensions. Faith. Faith is sort of counterintuitive. Why? Well, it's because faith, a study of ancient wisdom, prayer, contemplative practices, it gives you this sort of big picture perspective, right? Where you elevate yourself from yourself. And it's really boring to th be thinking about yourself all the time, only about yourself, right? It elevates you and it gives you this big picture of how the world is created. What is wisdom? What's the point of life? How do you fit into this whole thing? And it, it gives you a framework that gives you sort of a deeper breaths, right? And a longer horizon. It's really, really amazing and transformative. The second dimension of the inner game is family. Your marriage, your kids, your parents, your nuclear family, your closest relationships, all kinds of studies, longitudinal studies show this over and over and over again, that for you to flourish, a huge chunk of your inner game, of this peace, of this shalom that you can experience, comes from how well you do with your immediate family. Your marriage, your parents, your parenting of your kids. The next one is also relational. It's friends, deep friendships. Women are better than men in that regard. And men usually just don't, they have more, we have more work friends than life friends. So for guys especially to invest in deep friendships where you can be real, vulnerable, authentic with other people, really enjoy each other's company. You don't need many of them, but a few of them uh, is huge. The next one is force. I call it force because it's seven Fs. And it's the force you are in this world, right? And by force, I mean deep, meaningful work. Work that means something to you, right? This is how you contribute to those around you. This is how you serve your community. Deep, meaningful work is tremendous inner game stuff, right? So developing that, searching for that, understanding your calling, right? Your vocation. These are some other words that can be used in that regard. Um, the, next, the next F is finances. We have a very funky relationship with money, right? I do too, actually. I'm, that's probably my weakest spot. Um, and because I was raised by people who thought money was evil, et cetera, et cetera, right? So sort of clashes with the entrepreneur thing. But figuring out money, its its spiritual meaning, how to have a healthy relationship with money is tremendous and really important. The sixth one is fitness. You are healthy, you're agile, you eat well, you have high energy. Um, the inner workings of your body is a miracle because it feeds your brain. Your, your brain actually spies on your body. And the last one, the last F is fun. And that is sort of I would call it the supplement, right? The supplement of joy. If 
you go a full day or 48 hours or a week without having lighthearted experiences. When you laugh, you just delight in somebody. You enjoy something specific, right? Um, and you play. Um, you're going to have your inner game is going to suffer and your outer game is going to suffer as well. And for example, I'll give you one quick example as an artist that creativity is directly connected to fun, right? If you don't have a playful demeanor, it's hard to innovate. It's hard to be creative. These are the seven dimensions that we work with. It's hugely impactful and transformative. I highly recommend you pay attention to those things. I promised that I would share embarrassing stories about myself. These are classic textbook inner game fails, okay? And I won't share one story with you, not two stories, I'll share three stories with you. But before I do, I wanna ask for a favor. Give us a thumbs up, help us with the algorithm. Uh, send this to somebody. Give us some comments, ask some questions, okay? Story number one, super embarrassing. Uh, I was very young, I was very successful on stage, performer, showbiz, pop star person, and I just was around some of the most talented, crazy talented people. And to this day, I think of that time as like temporary insanity because I go, why didn't I do more duets, more collaborations, um, more music stuff, more songwriting together with other people, uh, joint tours? And the reason is that my outer game was everything and my inner game was ego, insecurity, comparing myself to them not wanting to share the stage, the audience, the limelight with them. And I looked at that and go, oh my gosh, that is just so dumb. How dumb can you be? Anyway, this is my second story of inner game failure. Chronologically, a little bit later, a few years later, we were doing more philanthropy. I was, I got really involved in philanthropy and my heart just opened up towards the poor, towards the needy. And we're doing these big events for orphans. This was in Eastern Europe. And, um, we, we had thousands of orphans in this event with sports and music and entertainment, and, and I was one of the performers there. And uh, one year, we, we found out that Michael Jackson's coming to town. Michael Jackson at the time was one of the top pop icons on the planet. And we're like, what if he comes to the event? So we reached out to his people like through a chain of intermediaries and we're like, the odds are close to zero. Well, we hear back, he might be interested. So we're at the event and we think he's gonna come, but we don't know for sure. And we're not telling the kids, of course, cause we don't wanna disappoint them, but we're on our walkie talkies, just holding our breath. Is he coming, is he coming? And then we hear he's coming and he shows up and he's walking you know, with his entourage and the kids just lose their minds. And of course, for me, he's a huge icon as one of my top influences musically. So I owe this guy my music career in, in many ways. And he came in and he loved it, just totally loved it. And I totally froze. I was about to perform in front of him actually. And he left like 10, 15 minutes before I did. And I was relieved because I was terrified to perform. I was, didn't feel I was worthy. And it was all inner game stuff. So major insecurity, major ego. As a matter of fact, now that I think of it, it's, it, our event was very Michael Jackson worthy, very like Oprah worthy in that sense, right? So if I had just approached this differently and said hi and talked to him, not out of a place of insecurity, but of a place of vision, who knows? We might have had a, a, a partner um, that financed or promoted more stuff, bigger stuff, and I just couldn't get 
out of my own way. And it's an inner game failure. And my point is, even as a successful artist and philanthropist and part of this organization that was doing amazing stuff that attracted somebody like Michael Jackson, I couldn't overcome these self-limiting beliefs. And I missed an opportunity. And I still think of that moment as, what was I thinking? Okay, that's my second story. My third story is about a decade later. We're in the U.S. I'm working for this large charity. I'm a director for Latin America, overseeing nine different projects in nine different countries in Latin America and a national project, a national grant, like a $2.3 million grant. Um, and I'm learning all this stuff. And my outer game is on in overdrive, right? So I'm flying around. I'm attending big receptions with big people, rubbing shoulders with people, learning, and just, I'm a very curious person, so I was very excited. And I was literally jet-setting all over the world. And um, at the same time, at home, my wife, Deb, has uh, my two youngest daughters, high maintenance, a three-month-old and a two-year-old. And she's struggling, and she's lonely, and she... And I'm not home, right? So it sort of reached a crisis when I went, I think, to nine cities in, in 10 weeks or 10 cities in nine weeks, something along those lines. And I'm in Jamaica at this conference and my wife calls and she's just at her wind's end, Deb. And she goes, I can't do this. You're not, I don't have a husband. I, I, need, I need you home now. Get yourself on a plane and come home. And I, it was like this awakening for me because this outer game thing has completely overshadowed my inner game, right? And I got myself to the airport. I didn't have a ticket because my ticket was for the day after. And I spent hours at the airport trying to get on a plane to get back home to my family. And then I never did, you know. Uh, but she appreciated that I, I literally dropped everything and went to the airport. And then the next day I came over. I came back and we discussed it and we talked to, you know, my boss and the CEO of the company. And I said, look, I can't do this. We need to put a moratorium on travel for at least six months. And because I need to, I need to tend to my family. I'm telling you these stories because these are just a few stories. And there's many more embarrassing stories where my outer game dominated and my inner game shrank. And it's not the way to live life. It's not the way to thrive long term. And eventually... If you do this over and over and over again, and many of us do, most of us do, um, we hit that ceiling. And the good news is that you can reverse that. You can change that. And that's what we do in my coaching program. So if you're curious about that, and this has resonated with you, and you go, you know what? That's my life. Um, I urge you to go to exponential.life and check it out. And maybe you will qualify. Maybe it's a good fit. Maybe it's not. I've helped many other people. Um, that are professionals, high-level professionals in this to transform their lives and break through that ceiling and not only develop and nurture a beautiful inner game, but that actually drives for decades to come a higher outer game. And that's the beauty of it, that you don't have to do one at the expense of the other. I hope this episode spoke to you at a deep level and maybe changed something inside of you. And if so, give us a thumbs up, write us some comments, send it to someone who needs to hear this. Thank you for watching this all the way to the end.